So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Woo! Feedback! Ooh, really? <laughs> you got to love the feedback part. That's not me this time. I'm not getting any. You getting it? I'm good. Totally getting it. Oh, I do hear a way time delay. Um, Hello, everybody. We'll uh, be with you just as soon as we get sorted. Yeah, we'll sort all this out. Everybody that's on the phone with me, make sure that your speakers are muted if you can uh, and still hear us, and we'll probably be okay. But it was very soft, and it was loud for you. It's still there. I hear you saying hello, everybody. <laughs> anyway. That's creeping me out. Well, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection, uh, apparently in time delay stereo. <laughs> I just snorted. She was, hates that when I do that. So totally habit, crazy and wild. And what the hell? Like multidimensional radio listening going on. Ah! I really can't hear it unless everybody be quiet. So if we just keep talking, it doesn't bother me. Is it loud for you? I turned it off. Oh. I turned the blog talk off, so I have no idea. Um, okay. Because I not, can't. Not in your ears now. You're okay. No, because I turned it. I I I closed Leslie the says website. It's, Leslie says it's nothing much, and it's not bothering her. Okay. She's just giggling. Okay. So that's good. We like giggly okay. audience. Giggly okay. audience is good. Their inner child is having fun. Um, so, should we talk about sponsors, or have we passed the patient's test with the uh, echo chamber? Wow, yeah. Um, we'll talk about sponsors later, I guess. Yeah, maybe at the break. Sure. Yes. So, folks, in the chat room, and uh, time delayed in the podcast and on the phone with us, uh, we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, we have a comedian with us. Uh, I mean, we have a healer with us. Uh, well, he, I have a little comedian in me. He, everybody <laughs> does. Uh, Mr. Tom Chi, who is known as the Pain Whisperer. Welcome, sir. Greetings. I have a little comedian in me, <clears throat> but uh, that's just because there was no tofu. I was going to say you shouldn't eat com- comedians for, for breakfast. They can give you indigestion. Yeah, a little gas. <laughs> Just a little gas. Especially George Burns. I, well, that that actually does oh. burn. I, I love snorting, by the way. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I I don't know that it happened until afterwards like everybody else. It's interesting. Hmm. And uh, Gene calls me out on it. I'm like, yes. It's when I make some sort of a wisecrack, I suppose. Maybe if I get sound effects that go wah, 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 
Then why I can they, do that instead of snorting. I don't know. Why do they call it wisecrack a wisecrack? I don't know. Cracking wise. Cracking wise? Well, it started off that, then wisecrack. Okay, sure. I'll play that game. Well, maybe somebody no. made it up. Tom, pain whisperer, sir. Yes. Who the hell are you and what do you do? Well, let's see. I do many, many things. The focus from the pain whisperer is on ending pain that people are suffering with all the time uh, that turns out to be needless in most cases. That that was either a dramatic pause or that was me leaving your room. No, I was... Waiting for more, but that's okay. Um, Who does that? Well, people I, have I, a really. I, I like a guest that hears that question, that first question of yours, and takes a deep breath as opposed to just blastering into, you know. That's true. That's true. Now, but our guests a... usually don't just blast into some marketing pre-written hoo-ha, you know, memorized thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe Veronica. She's the queen of the elevator speech. She is queen of the elevator. We asked her who the I... hell she was and what do you do and. It was like, wow, what publishing agency wrote that for you? <clears throat> well, th- there is a lot of pragmatic information around the whole concept, but I really summed it up. It's it's a breakthrough way to fix pain. And the good news is the same as what you're doing. The whole idea of the marketing is we want to let people know because it's important. It's not really so much about keeping me busy. I'm pretty busy. Yeah, I've, I've uh, checked out your website and watch the news a little bit, you know, as we've waited for you, your date to come around. Uh, and we'll talk about some of that busyness, but um, how how would someone get to be, I mean, I know it was some kung fu exercises that are not, you know, on the front page of every kung fu shop, uh, some more esoteric exercises. Um, but how, how in the world would someone get there from where they started, wherever that was. Well, first of all, do you know what Jackie Chan drinks? No. What the? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, it's all right. It's all right. The ones that come to me are often, that's why I snort afterwards. It may be the only sound. (laughs) So I, I was in a lot of pain. I was training the Kung Fu 10 hours a day, which is, not about martial application. It's about this beautiful learning yeah. about yourself. And I was in pain for a whole year, and a guy went in and worked through my abdomen on the inner spine, and he fixed my pain in uh, one treatment. And I thought, uh, this is amazing. I asked him to teach me. I thought it was the be-all, end-all. And then I found out later that there was, you know, I was so determined that pain being muscular people suffering so much that it had to be fixable because I had seen it. And and that's when I used a bunch of those esoteric Kung Fu hand sensitization exercises, and I, I aimed it at my tissues in my fingers instead of just in touching hands with somebody. And I, and I went through this whole uh, experience that I equate, as you may have seen on one of my websites, to being like a symphony of sound and and, and light that occurred, and then that kind of passed, and I went back to being a regular guy, which, as you know, is, is still a magical experience for us all. And I found that 
I could see the changes in the tissue where the cells have adhered one to another, just like they do when they, they contract, they fold like an accordion, but they had adhered. And then I could see it with such detail. It was like a 3D exploded diagram. And then I, I used the right kind of uh, technique with my hands and just processed it out. It's really like a very fancy version of, of taking care of the lumps in bread dough, except it's it's just, like I say, it's a fancier version. It's very practical. At its base, it's massage. But it's a training that's not available even with all the super talented people we have who are using their hands. And the way we tell the difference is, do people with difficult and chronic pain and failed surgeries have an immediate lasting result in most cases? And that's that's what I go by. Now this brings me a whole bunch of really interesting questions. And, want um, music, by the way? Pardon? Did you want music for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. well, I'm... I'm curious to see emotional aspects of this because you're talking about an almost instantaneous healing on a person who has suffered chronic pain possibly their whole lives. And a lot of people, you know, it's kind of sad to say, but it's true. A lot of people become dependent on their pain. Like you said, that their pain no longer serves them. So how do you get them to the point where they're willing to let that go? And I know it sounds like a contradiction, but I've done a lot of work with chronic pain, and I do understand that, you know, once you're in chronic pain for a long time, it becomes a way of life. Yeah, I think I think also um, I am talking about, by the way, really difficult chronic pain that's been there for years. People with, uh, like on the video on my site, one, one woman there had eight uh, failed surgeries and 40 years of pain. There's other, you know, there's other flavors. There's there's so many colors to the whole phenomenon. So let's say we're talking about a real majority of chronic pain. When you look at somebody who has like fibromyalgia, which basically is just Latin for multiple muscle pain, but can become very complicated with uh, immune function problems and a number of things, you get all wrapped up in there. It's not a neat little package that can always be easily fixed in one or two sessions. Somebody like that who maybe their whole body is in pain and they have many immune problems, we might be able to help them tremendously with their pain. It might take a number of sessions, and they still may have a number of problems with, uh, you know, uh, CFIDS, chronic, uh, uh, um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm spacing out a little bit there, but... Uh, our show Basically, does chronic. People. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> chronic fatigue, you know, which is chronic fatigue. Uh, um, yep. Chronic fatigue, just, which is more of a disease than just being chronically fatigued when you have the immune deficiency syndrome. So it can be more complicated. But we're talking about in maybe ninety percent of what we normally see in the clinic, we see those amazing results. Now, back to how do you help people to get past it? There are people who have a greater emotional side to what's happening with them. However. In the majority of cases, I find that that's simply because being in chronic pain wears you down. It's not easy. Oh, it's, no, it's exhausting. I'm I'm like ecstatic almost every day of my life. But when I'm in pain, I'm not making so many wisecracks. I'm, I'm, it's very uncomfortable, and I find it, that it changes my disposition. And that's without being in pain for years and years. So that is a whole other phenomenon. However... 
we can still correct the cause of the pain because virtually all pain, and there are emotional phenomena we could talk about, but they're virtually all pain, there's a mechanical problem in the body which can be corrected, and it's not a big mystery. It's real practical. It's like having a specialized mechanic. Yeah. So, I, I, well, I was just going to say, I had a, a good friend that was a massage therapist when I lived in Kerrville, Texas, and um, she had a client that uh, had a hitch in his shoulder. You know, if he moved it a certain way or something, it pained him. And she fixed it after some work, several several sessions. She fixed it. And by the time she came back a week later, it was back again. And talking with him, she found out that all week he was like holding his shoulder and wiggling it around, showing people, see, it's gone. See, it used to be right here. It used to be right See, I can't even make it do it. And she told him, okay, so you spent all week looking for it, and you found it again. Would you put that? Uh, you know, so I can understand that there sometimes may be a little more than the mechanical with people that get attached to things. Well, you know, this came up. Uh, I just uh, did some filming with these uh, documentary filmmakers, and they're doing a chronic pain documentary. They're focusing or we're focusing on uh, one of the MDs who offers a uh, method for you to ease your pain through psychological processes, which I think I figured out that basically, because I've seen many patients who did that and didn't get better, and just a couple who really did. So I think what they're doing is they're they're helping to process their mental phenomena so that they're less likely to create the stress and difficulty that can activate where those adhesions are in the tissue because they don't go away when they're not activated. And that's the thing about it. Once there's an injury where it's glued together in the tissue, it might go quiet and stop throbbing, but you're usually predisposed to pain or re-injury either with a simple movement or when you're stressed out. But when we reprocess the tissues and there's no more injury and it doesn't exist anymore, then if something made you angry or you dance too hard or whatever, you, you shouldn't have a problem again. So you could actually then fix my herniated disc issue. Yeah, and you know what's groovy about it is that this is a simple people's medicine. It may take some specialized skill to get there, but there's plenty of people who are talented enough to do it. That's a big deal. It's not like, you know, they got to drag a million-dollar machine into the room and you know, and have all these specialized credentials. Yes, it's a big deal to learn it, but it's a big deal to to be a fine artist, too, of any sort or, or any kind of skill or career or ability. Oh, so now for your herniated disc, the bones are controlled by the muscles. It's the muscles that pull the vertebra and cause them to make a disc herniation where the disc is trying to come a bit out of the disc space between the vertebra. When you fix the muscles, that's the end of the herniation, and it doesn't exist anymore. People have been trying for a very long time to fix my muscles, and well. other than meditation and change of diet, which has successfully moderated my pain, they actually have never been able to come up with a solution. Well, that's why that's why they don't call me yet one more pain whisperer. <laughs> As I always say, my personality needs a lot of work, but the therapy is amazing. 
So how does one learn to do this? I mean, this could change so many lives. And you are busy training folks, I understand. Yeah, I have a, a few people that I'm training now, and what we're hoping to do is one of the reasons why we want to do a TV show, I'm, like life is already good. I don't really need to uh, like have a photographer following me. Um, <laughs> the whole point is to show that there's a simple method, and what I'm hoping is by training people that like when you have an Olympic record that stood for 40 years, somebody breaks it, and four years later, there's like a hundred people standing there that do that as their baseline. Right. It, it's no longer a big deal, and I think that's what'll happen because I don't think that ultimately it's a big deal. It's just that we haven't had that training available. I'm sure there's going to be a few people that can do this work already. I just have never seen them, and I've I've looked, but it's a seven billion people. I'm sure there's others. So. One of the reasons, one of the things about the show is we're hoping that that will help us to um, make a more official training, bring more people in, and hopefully create a, a, a number of people who can practice and train others. So how long do you have to train to be able to do this? I think two to three years is is going to give you enough skill and ability to be able to make a huge change um, in most people. And is this just sorry, is this just an understanding of pressure points or is this also an understanding of energetics? Um, that's interesting. And by the way, Nikki, you should feel free and intentionally interrupt me as often as possible because I kind of need that sometimes in order to get an interlude there. She does that for me. It's good. <laughs> Good, because I need that. It's fine, so no apologies. Um, well, that's very interesting. It's uh, Number one, this is perhaps one of the precursors, which I think of being almost like a prehistoric precursor, which is that whole idea of uh, pressure points and, uh, in particular, trigger points, because uh, pressure points are great for general health. It, it seems that when we when we push on pressure points, it encourages the body's energy to come and and move through that area. And so doing that to the whole body is wonderful. That's nice shiatsu acupressure stuff. And um, But what we're looking for is, uh, and I have to come up with a better analogy, but I always say, like when they have one of those uh, movies and they have the clear screen and there's a battle going on and they could see where all the uh, ships are and the troops and the, every, every detail is there. And that's what you need to be able to see in the tissue. Because it's not just the trigger point, it's all the surrounding tissue changes, and they are myriad. It's like looking at a, a, a landscape instead of just a couple of points. So that's the that's the trigger point or pressure point side of things. When it comes to the energetic side of things, that's a whole other story, and I focus less on that with students and in describing to patients simply because they mostly need that pragmatic, tangible, mechanical phenomenon to understand that. But I was treating a patient the other day who had a severe uh, limp and debility in his ankle and foot, and he had an injury there. And I remember I touched it, and I immediately felt there's like no energy in this one spot. It was about an inch wide by six inches long. Now, there were physical tissue changes there, too. But this was mostly bone. I could feel the change in there. I could feel... And that's another thing. When you supersensitize your hands 
it's possible to achieve the ability to feel what the other person feels, which I also don't talk about much simply because it's a difficult concept for many and it's not one that I need to focus on or for them to have proved to them. All they need to know is I can feel the changes and fix it. So I worked on him and then, you know, about after two minutes I went, oh, wow, that just changed. Feel that? The pain's different and now it feels like it, it feels like there was a hunk of wood there and it's gone and that, that part's like rejoined the rest of your body. So that's a little bit energetic. Yeah, but for most folks, uh, it's kind of like the light switch. You don't really have to understand electricity to know that, hey, turn on the switch and the light comes on in here, you know. Exactly. If you if you understand it enough that you believe, oh, yeah, I, I see. Kind of like in the chat room, this guy's really interesting. And uh, and you are, and you're very talented. D and doing good looking what you're doing. for the cat skills? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that's our that's our backup plan. You know, if the radio show and and movie documentary fail, uh, we're going on the road stand up. Exactly. Um, hey, why not? Um, but um, it, well, I was I was I was talking. We went to comedy. At lose, I lose everything. Um, no, guys, talking about this is interesting and this is in depth, and and uh, I'm hungered to, to hear more, but that inspires confidence in people that you know what you're doing to flip the light switch. Yeah, you know, that is true. Um, when I'm working on people and I can describe every detail of what they're feeling, right? it's uh, very comforting. The other thing is they don't really have to tell me much. I could just, what do you want to fix? Back, neck, knees, you know, wrists or whatever. And they might say, oh, I have pain in my hand and wrist and I'll be working on their forearm. And they'll be going, it's in my wrist. And I go, I know, but I have to fix this because this is where it's coming from. And it only takes one tiny touch to be able to feel the problem in tremendous detail. So it's as if the skin is peeled away and everything is just laid out there. And I uh, sometimes uh, describe uh, that when you see those movies like iRobot and they have a workshop and they have a, a robot's arm up on the table and they're they're touching the bands inside the arm and they're going, zzz, zzz, and then they adjust it and they fix it and you're better. Right. And that's what I'm doing. It's just that I have good probing technology and I can, and that's not a proctological joke, so don't go there, please. No, <laughs> well, everybody talking about the aliens, <laughs> aliens probing people. There's plenty of probing going on. I, I spent... The morning yesterday at the hospital, getting getting probed. Yes, with electrical. I call it a taser. They they like to call it a stimulator. Uh huh. Yeah, but uh, they assured me. They said, "No, we have a police officer retreat, and he says the taser's worse." And I was like, "Yeah, well, I know that." Silly people. <laughs> but you know, yeah. you're you're injecting electricity into my nerves to see how far and how fast it'll travel, and. My legs, the muscles in my legs. I got it, Rick. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. You're you talking know? about an EMG. Right. But So in other words, you're telling me that you were the victim of a useless treatment yesterday. Did you at least enjoy it? It wasn't. Well, we, we <laughs> the technician and I, I've been going doing this now for four years, and so every time I see him, we, you know. It's like the second time we've had time. that conversation in, in 24 hours. Well, yeah, because I went to the thing. <laughs> you were the victim of the mind. treatment. It, and, there you well, go. I, you know why it's useless, Rick? Uh, well, in most, in, in most cases that I've ever seen, is because the the nerves, which is what they're checking, and they want to see what the nerve conduction is, so that they could tell you whether you have nerve damage or not. Right. 
Now, unless you had a severed nerve and they're checking to see if it's grown back, if it's pain that you're having for any condition where it wasn't severed, then what they're doing is, well, first of all, the nerves pass right in the muscle tissue, uh, just like the blood vessels and lymph, and they don't have a special PVC sleeve to protect them. Now, when you, for instance, make a fist and release, the nerves have no problem with that, contracting and releasing muscles all day, no problem. But when you lock the muscles in a contracted position where the cells have become glued for a number of reasons and they don't release, then there's a constant pressure on the nerve. And that changes how you can respond to those tests. So they give you the test, and then they tell you you have nerve damage in many cases. And then we go and we just fix the muscles. It turns out you never had nerve damage. You just, if you even had what what, what will be something that they would equate as nerve damage, it was only because the muscles were glued together on them. It's a painful test. Most people hate it. I've had people tell me they've begged the doctor to stop, and they wouldn't stop. It's useless in my mind. And uh, that's, but that's one of its better qualities. So I can celebrate <laughs> yeah. that it has a good quality. It does. But, but do you want to hear the irony to that? Is that I love irony. Is, okay. Well, the bitch of it is, is that this poor bastard ended up with the test because he went to the doctor and said, "I'm starting to feel better," and the doctor said, "No, we need to do tests to to <laughs> prove that you're getting yeah. better." Yeah, we're going to do will, this just to confirm the just improvement. Just confirm that you feel better and. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is the conversation we had today. What is the point of that? If I'm feeling better, I know how I feel. Well, you know, I'm in and here. You're going to do a test. I'm in here in this body yes. thing, and so nothing out there is going to tell me better how I feel. I think certainly I'm not going to let their results talk me out of the fact that I feel better. I don't care what the results say, but it <laughs> is. They send you um, a this man. This man's a good guy because he will entertain no discussion of a negative outcome. Uh, but other than that, he's done nothing but manage my pain and admits that. So at least he's an honest doctor. He's like, look, there's nothing I can do to heal these nerves. And uh, and really, it's not the nerves. He says none of them are dead. It's, it's exactly. the uh, uh, myelin sheath. He says, you know, they're shorting out. and uh I know that there has got to be, you know, it's like I've had a hitch in my shoulder before, but I know it was a pinched nerve because of the way I slept. And that can, nerves can make interesting sensations when they're not happy. Well, supposedly, according to Dr. Razumov, who was chief of neurology at the University of Miami uh, before he died, he said that uh, when you have a nerve problem, that it actually causes numbness or tingling, but not pain. See, and I can attest to that because I had after Hallelujah. <laughs> after breaking my back, well, for I think it was like about five years that my left hand was numb. And then wow. the nerve finally grew back and the actual like I even remember the day that it it came together and started working again because it was like just this heat rush for 24 hours of my hand was itchy and then it was hot and then it was burning and then it was purple and blue and all kinds of funky stuff happened to my Mm -hmm. hand and the next day I could use my hand and it worked but for five years my hand was numb Mm. it didn't hurt it was just numb and it felt useless like I couldn't grasp anything for long it would just let go yeah, no control. Um, so 
that's and I guess that would be the difference between an injured muscle and, and a disconnected nerve or injured nerve because it was there was no pain. It never hurt. Well, you you and your circumstances, of course, I'm not familiar with and, and and I really want to say a couple things. Rick, you talked about your doctor's goodness and I can attest to that. I think that it's not really doctor's fault that they don't treat most pain successfully, that they don't have the tools for it, and they're really the wrong option for most pain treatment. It doesn't mean, or I should say, it's just absolutely true that most doctors very much care for their patients, and they're stuck in this system just like everybody else, and I don't know where all the answers will come from, but in time things will evolve, and everything will get better in how we treat all things. So they can do miracles. And I also think that much of what they do is a boondoggle, even if they have a good intention. Nikki, when you talk about your numbness, I don't know what happened to you. I mean, you had a break. Anything well, I fractured possible? my back. Okay, well, and it, it's, it's possible that the nerve was damaged and grew back. But I will say that most of the patients, we're, we're certainly not sure about your condition, most of the patients I see with numbness, in their hands and arms and things like that, there's a muscle that's pushing or a series of muscles that are pushing on the nerves that feed the brachial plexus or feed from the brachia, which is right, Latin arm nerve center. And once we free them, they, they, they lose that numbness and they get their fingers and their hands and arm where they're able to feel them again. In fact, uh, in the video, there is a, a woman on my website, there's a woman who says that she couldn't feel her whole arm or her fingers, and then she, and it's funny because when they edited it, they didn't put in the part where she goes, "Oh my God, I can feel my hand, I can feel my arm." And so, no, and I can I understand that that little celebration because that was me the day after. I oh, was, I remember I was, it well. I was playing with everything. I was picking <laughs> stuff up and putting it down, and I was touching stuff, and I was I was at work, and I was. You know, I was purposely using my left hand for everything. <laughs> Did anybody slap your hand, or you you were okay? No, they were <laughs> they were they were pinching it and poking it and prodding <laughs> it. Oh yeah, and uh, and it was very entertaining for everybody because I was like, it's just <clears throat> suddenly you know, I I have my hand back. That's beautiful. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it was very cool. I even wrote a blog about it because I've uh. being an author, I blog site. But yeah, it was, you know, I I. Still to this day, don't know the exact details because, you know, the doctor who initially treated my back certainly doesn't treat my back anymore, unfortunately, because she's the only one who ever really got anywhere with it. And um, so I didn't have a doctor who could tell me. But the doctor that I had at the time, he said, you know, your back's been broken for, well, it's been healed now for years. It's possible that finally that nerve healed. A nerve that was damaged in the break. So that's I just assume that's what that's what it was. But that's one of those doctor it things. Was they cool. say it was cool though. My neurologist really when I first visited him, he said, you know, probably it'd be better in six months, but max three years. <laughs> well three years came and it was a lot like one year. And so I asked him about that. <clears throat> and he said, Well, yeah, it, you're gonna. We're gonna get you off all these medications at, at max three years. So I've determined that it's a vocabulary thing. In my neurologist's mind, max three years means I don't have a clue. 
<laughs> and exactly. so we just have to translate a little bit. But as you said, they're all well-intentioned, and I find, well, like in Jean's case, she had a healing team that really, yeah, and and and, and they were willing to be a healing team, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was uh, even though nobody had ever met anybody else, it was definitely a, a an open and honest agreement that it would be a collaboration of ideas um, to get me back on my feet. My my Western medical doctor was absolutely wonderful when he found out that I was using Reiki and meditation and switching up my diet and, you know, alternative methods. He was super supportive and very enthusiastic, so I got very lucky. I blame um, you. Yeah, I blame you and your vibration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's way. all... It's all my fault because I wanted to get better damage. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, it 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 does because you get someone. This guy's my father knows people, and so this guy's a like nationally known expert. I was talking to a friend from high school that's a neurologist, and she was giving me tips. And then she finally asked who my doctor was. I told her she said I'll give you no more advice. But I find these experts they have tunnel vision. They don't look. Well, that's because the at, tunnel is that. They don't treat pain. They treat it like backward. It's like breathing in carbon dioxide instead of oxygen. That that's what the problem is. Now, we're again we're we're excluding uh, Nikki's uh, phenomenon, which fortunately worked out. But just talking in general, and most pain is tendinomuscular, and most pain can be fixed, and it can be fixed quickly, if not immediately. See, and I'm really excited about that because it's taken me a year to get where I am now. Yep. Of hard work and dedication and, and a whole lot of emotional... A whole lot of faith and emotional work. Stuff and, and emotional work. Exercise and, and sit-ups. And, and, you know, I mean, it's not just physical. So if if I had the opportunity to have somebody come along and say, okay, within a week of a couple treatments, I can have you back on your feet and feeling fantastic again, I would totally... You know, go for that because every other method is work. <laughs> and well, you know what's cool is that you would still have your spiritual journey. It's not like that wouldn't have existed anyway. That's what's cool. And if we could just remove the mechanical problem so that you can enjoy the other stuff even more, it's it's every day we are all working on ourselves and moving through all this beautiful whatever the heck it is and but it it's not necessarily directly linked to pain phenomenon any more than um if your uh your brake pads on your car need to be replaced or 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 maybe the caliper on the brakes locks up and the wheel is locked and you know you need a mechanic to fix it Absolutely, the physical totally is exciting. yeah. The physical is physical, and but there's better instrumentation than uh, these magnetic resonance, whatever the things they use. Uh, yeah, they're they're great with diagnostics, but they also miss the soft tissue changes. And one of the reasons they miss them is they they don't just reach out with their fingers and touch you. They don't touch the tissue, so they don't feel 
anything in the tissue. So they just ignore it because the tests don't show it. When you take an x-ray and you show that someone has arthritis, they really do have arthritis. But they say, okay, you have arthritis. It's like it's a death sentence almost. And then they send you for physical therapy, which works with the muscles. And that's a whole other phenomenon because um, there's so many great physical therapists, and if they had these tools, then their patients would all be getting better, as they say, lickety-split. Probably not in Texas, but someplace. Well, I was going to say, I went to physical therapy for a year, and I had steady and relatively rapid progress. You know, I almost lost the ability to walk. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, they started me in a pool, you know, so I had some support and uh, stood right there next to me. And and then there was massage and, you know, uh, the guy that was doing the massage was, you know, he headed back to Thailand for another training something, you know. Yeah. Uh, so at the physical therapy... Uh, location, the physical therapist's place, I, I had complementary therapy, I guess you'd call it, different things mixed together. So I did have that uh, blessing. But at, after a year, that was, okay, you don't need the physical therapy anymore, and that's exactly when I stopped getting better. You, I, you know, the thing is, it sounds like... It, 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 not every physical therapist is the same. The physical therapy art, as I understand it, a lot of it is focused on stretching and building muscle. The muscles are not working properly, not because they're weak, because they're not strong enough and big enough. They're not working properly because they're glued together and there's an adhesion. So the idea that you would weight lift through that, to me, is a poor choice. The idea that you would stretch is terrific. However, it's usually so painful, it's hard to stretch enough. And if you've ever made bread and tried to, to just pull on that dough and all that and you have lumps in it, if you don't go right to the lumps and, and correct them and make it all in, and that's really just how simple this is, even though it's much more elaborate, it's still it's that simple. If you don't assimilate those lumps and make them normal, so to speak, to the rest of the bread, then they're always going to be there no matter how much you stretch which may cause it to ease, but it doesn't fix the injury. So it's it's driving to the gas station or pushing your car to the gas station. I prefer to drive, and that's what we're doing with soft tissue work with this super touch therapy. And that's why I think that physical therapy will be upgraded, and we'll see your treatments go from a year or two or three to two to four weeks, something like that, when there's more people who are doing this type of treatment. Such an exciting concept. Um, it's it's around that time that we need to take a quick musical break, so we should do that. When we get back, though, I want to talk more about the show and what the plans are for that and some mm. of the people that you've treated. Yeah, because some amazing, amazing things you have done, my friend. Mm. So uh, <clears throat> Jordan's with us from Boston. He's gone off to Boston to Berkeley School of Music. Yeah, crazy. Right. He's like right around and the corner, right? Yeah, so now uh, mm-hmm. I think we should play one of his. Uh, All right. Maybe limitations because he doesn't. Sounds work. like a sounds like the perfect song for tonight's show. <laughs> yeah, because Jordan not limitations. What? Where? What yep, box? Think outside the box. What box? No, I don't <laughs> 
Oh, is that it? You can scat. See, that was, was that it? Perfect. That was, <laughs> that was perfect. Cat, cat, that's awesome. Scat cat. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be back in about four minutes. This is uh, our buddy Jordan Okren with his song Limitations. Stay with us. Oh, very, very. 
our good buddy Jordan, who's with us tonight from Boston, Berkeley School of Music. Uh, congratulations. I know that's uh, a cool deal for you. And uh, looking forward to new songs and new music from the new adventure. Eh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm uh, sure that it will be tons of fun for that young man. And I can't wait to see what he comes out with next. That was nice stuff. He's a talented young guy. He is. Yeah. And by the way, you can dance to that. <laughs> can oh, you? yeah, I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> that would help. Dick Clark, bless his heart. Yeah. Uh, his stroke's not bothering him anymore, though. <laughs> mm, by the way, speaking of stroke, just to throw it in, if you don't mind. No, please. Um, in Discovery Magazine in 1998, they showed brain scans of a flashlight shined into the eyes, and you could see what part of the brain lit up. Then they selected vision-related points with acupuncture, and the same spot lit up. And then they did random acupuncture points, and uh, random spots in the brain lit up. So it was kind of like a three-picture proof that acupuncture directly affects the brain, whether we know exactly what it's doing or not. A typical stroke patient that we would see with acupuncture, and this, I don't highlight the acupuncture as much because there's so many fine acupuncturists, and I'm looking to uh, promote the soft tissue work and what can be done with that. But when a patient comes in who's losing vision and hearing on one side, dragging a leg, and their speech is aphasic, particularly within six months to a year of a stroke, usually, even if it was just one needle, properly placed within six treatments I'd be dancing the jig in the waiting room. It's just awesome. And any master level acupuncturist can achieve that. Wow. So I mean I've I've been practicing for thirty years. I've I've done tens of thousands of treatments with the acupuncture. I've used over a million acupuncture needles. And I've seen that this wonderful art that's been handed to us is is phenomenal. And again, Western medicine can do some amazing things, and there's so much they can't. So it's great that we have a way. For reflux, you can eliminate it. For asthma, you can either reduce it 95% or eliminate it, and maybe you'll need an inhaler in a year or two or maybe not. Hot flashes, shingles, irritable bowel syndrome, huge problems easily corrected with traditional Chinese herbal medicine. Now, do you mind taking, since you've got 30 years um, in, do you mind taking a second to explain 
how acupuncture works? I mean, um, I, or I in can, fact that it's needles? You, you know, every cell in the body is a battery cell with a positive and a negative charge. And there's always, uh, electricity tends to move. So uh, the uh, there's a number of people around the world, including the Asians, who've done tremendous research into this. And they believe that there's circulation of energy through the body in particular pathways. And a little bit like in, uh, let's say, New York City, they have huge trunk lines that bring water and take away waste and electricity, and then you turn into a street and it breaks down in size, it goes to a building, it gets smaller, to an apartment it gets smaller. It's a little bit like arteries and capillaries and all that. And so there's a supply that's meant to go throughout the body that connects us electrically. And when there's an interruption, we have an illness. There are illnesses that are genetic and things like that, so I'm not saying you're absolutely curing each and everything. But there's points all along the way that are access points similar to the way you would go under the street and you would find some of those uh, electrical connections and things like that. And you turn a lever and it opens it up and turns it on. Now this apartment or this building has access to it. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's what happens with the acupuncture. And we know empirically if you put a needle in a certain spot, you'll get a certain result even though it's great to have a qualified acupuncturist who can give you a true overview and a landscape picture of your health, and it's a, a little more sophisticated application of a simple medicine. So almost everybody's familiar with that point on the wrist that's used for anti-nausea on boats and things. You yeah. can, you can yes. do acu You can do acupressure or the one between the thumb and the index finger for a toothache or for menstrual pain or a stomach ache. So these are points that we know have an effect on the body. And when we put the needles in and we stimulate them properly, then the body heals itself and the needle dummy gets the credit. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the body the body really is designed to be a self-repairing, self-perpetuating Yeah, being. I don't... I don't get why why we're needed to put the needles in. You would think that it would just do it without it, and, and you wouldn't have to have that extra level. I, I think maybe it was just so that we could have something to do. It's a permission slip. There you go. Yeah, it's they're like all just permission slips. And healing, if we, healing. As a collective sort of dove into science, we looked into science for the answers and have discovered they don't. It, it, I'm excited by the doctors, the traditional Western allopathic physicians that are that are willing to embrace other traditions uh, because I think, like you said, there are some magical things that allopathic physicians can do. Yeah. And um, and we certainly need them around to set broken bones and, you know, uh, things. But um, the joining of these things together, you know, uh, excites me and 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 things like a past guest of ours Dr. Uh, Terry Walls that had multiple sclerosis and decided okay well nobody knows what how to fix multiple sclerosis so I'm just going to throw that definition out and look at what's going on in my body and see if there's answers for that which to me that's a huge leap for a physician you know by the way I don't know how to fix multiple sclerosis either but I can tell you that acupuncture will freeze most MS in its tracks. There's a slow type and a fast type, 
and in both cases it will freeze it in its tracks when properly done. She actually managed to um, reverse it completely. Beautiful. Pretty much. I mean, she has a little limp, but uh, nice. but she can go biking. She and, rides her bike five miles um, to work. From I can't do that. And I don't have MS. Yeah, <laughs> recline wheelchair to you know yeah. bike riding, horseback riding, stand yeah. up, giving TED talks. Um, but it was to me, it's very similar. She discovered in her research, uh, a lot of it on Google. She said, God bless Google. And, um, um, well, this th gift of the Internet is kind of collective consciousness. They say that 50% of doctors uh, use Google to aid in their diagnoses. But she decided that one of the common things to people's diseases where they're having the, the physical effects she was, brain shrinkage, nerve damage, la, la, that it was the mitochondria. There wasn't enough energy being produced in the cells. And why was that? It was well, you weren't giving it the right fuel. Which mm -hmm. She said in medical school she had to memorize like dozens of chemical reactions that go on in mitochondria. Mm -hmm. But never once did they mention where does your body get the raw materials for those chemical reactions. Mm. And so she went more or less on a paleo diet. Uh, it's a little different, a little modified from that. Plus exercise, uh, electrostimulation at first when she couldn't move her legs, and um, meditation. And is doing standard medical research studies on it, you know, to be able to impress her friends. But, you know, my doctors, yeah, oh, yeah, I've heard of her. Got to eat the, yeah. I eat these funny food bar things my grandkids bring around, and I can't fit in my pants. And I'm like, that's a little non sequitur, but. Take it. You know, it's okay. Now, I, I I have a question because you're talking about, um, it sounds like muscle manipulation. So how would you treat somebody with fibromyalgia who they're very sensitive pressure point wise? Well, I'm very curious as to how that would work. Well, there's there's a couple of sides to this. One is I was actually using fibromyalgia as an example of one of the tendinomuscular diseases that can become very advanced and complicated with all types of uh, uh, immune uh, disorders that are associated with it. It can really be you know, one of the most difficult phenomenon. And I've certainly met people I couldn't help. And, of course, fortunately, that will be you know a very, very small percentage, maybe 5%. Um, there's a couple sides to it. One thing is this is one of the great things about acupuncture is because you can use that over a period of time to get the body's energy to reestablish and to move and to sort things out, which is terrific because the acupuncture is much smarter than I am. The body is really what's doing the work. So it's not the acupuncture. You put the needles in, the body knows, and it, and it, and it just drinks it up like you're in the desert and you need water. And so it opens these points and lets the body, and that's why sometimes this needle will flare up and then those needles and then this needle. It's really wild. How does the body know to do that? I don't know. The other side of it is that when working with the hands, um, that sensitivity uh, allows me, for instance, I've I've worked on people who had scars, and if the scar was touched by anyone, even by their intimate partner, just they would jump through the ceiling uh, in pain or in reaction, 
and yet there's a, a way that I'm able to simply just make that connection and then work it, and then it's gone. That sensitivity is completely gone. So this is one of the things we can do in working on people with fibromyalgia, which, of course, ultimately is just Latin for multiple muscle pain. Yeah, but it's it's a moving pain, which is, and that's why it's so difficult to work with, is because it it moves, and that's, doctors have you know they bang their heads against walls just trying to do a diagnosis. Is it's very but, hard to get, you know, you can't really get a massage a fibromyalgia patient. Really, the best option is water therapy up till this point and medication, and now you're you're coming with, I mean. Well, you have to understand that when you say for the doctor to make a, a diagnosis, um, if you had a kidney disease that they needed to intervene or or if you had a broken bone or if you had one of the weird uh, genetic things, or there's so many things they can help with. But when it comes to pain, having a diagnosis from a doctor can be very comforting for a person, but it's almost useless in their recovery. Exactly. So, so to say they're banging their head against the wall, that would actually be a good use of, say, 50% of the time when they're in the office. They could just bang their head on the wall, and people could have some tea and chat and things like that, and then go home. And they would be at least as well off, if not better off. So when it comes to a fibromyalgia, that means multiple muscle pains. You know, with the... Uh, with rheumatoid arthritis, that's also something that can move. And yet with the acupuncture, in my clinical experience, and knowing that this doesn't represent every person with rheumatoid arthritis, but I've found that in almost every case, with a few acupuncture treatments, the rheumatoid is gone. We may need to go in then and unglue specific muscle tissue, but that's different. Those are tendonitis and, and myositis, which just means tendons and muscles that are hurting. But that's more of a physical side to it. That energetic side to it, the needles will often take care of. And with fibromyalgia, there is, in virtually every case I've ever felt, there is tendonomuscular damage where things get glued together. If you imagine like a net, and you just you grab part of the net and you yank on it, and how it, or a spider web, how the whole thing gets distorted and pulled and yanked, and try to make that back normal again. So with fibromyalgia, you're talking about one of the more complicated cases of tissue damage and things pulling each other out. It's not the easiest of the conditions to fix. However, um, I would say half of the fibromyalgia cases I've seen have been fairly easy to fix, and then the other half are more complicated, and then about 10% are extremely complicated, and some I can't help because it's it's just beyond how far I can reach. And I also think that they're coupled with perhaps viruses and things that we may not have found. Right, because they're still struggling to find a cure or a cause for that. Well, again, you know, um, I think that it's important because what if they find something that is unusual that they can help? But in general, you go in and you say, the bottom of my foot hurts, and then the doctor says, well, you, you seem to have plantar fasciitis, which is Latin for the bottom of your foot hurts. <laughs> right, right. They do it's, that it's a lot. Right. But they have yeah. these little lingo terms that basically mean what you said. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, you, you're you probably going to have some numbness, some tingling, some burning sensations, and occasionally, you know, some muscle jerking. And I'm like, I wrote that on my information form when I checked in. Are you, what, are you reading this back to me? What are you doing? Well, what if you said it in Spanish and you said, well, you, uh, it's clear from the pain you've described you have uh, el brazo dolor. 
Oh, sí. You know, your your arm hurts. Es muy mal. But you would you would like may, you might even lose your beautiful heart and slap them as an upgrade somehow. I don't know. But the point is, I mean, I think it would be it would be it would be odd. It would be freaky. But when they say it in Latin, everybody's like, "Oh, thank God, the doctor told me what's wrong with me." Right. It's so. it's, it's interesting though because you would think that a diagnosis would be a comfort, but in some cases, a diagnosis, especially one like fibromyalgia or myofascial pain syndrome, which technically means the same bloody thing as fibromyalgia, but it's just another fancy name for it. Um, right. It's you know, it's not it's not a comfort because now you've got okay, great, you have an excuse for your pain, you have a permission slip to be in pain, yeah, and no freaking hope of healing it. Basically, with modern medicine, we really can't do anything for you is their answer. Here you come along and you're saying that you're not promising to fix everyone, but you are saying that they have options. And that, to a chronic pain sufferer, is, you know, I think probably the most important element of healing is reestablishing that sense of hope. Exactly. so for you to offer that, even to patients who have been told there's no way you'll ever have a normal life again, um, that's that's quite extraordinary. Well, we're we're not talking about your friend here in particular, and blessings to your friend. I don't know her case, and I, I know it sounds very difficult, and so I'm not holding out anything in particular. But I will say that uh, one of the great things about this that makes it a delightful type of hope is that if I can help and if this treatment can help, we find out right away. So I treat people all the time and people come from all over, from Abu Dhabi, from California, Texas, and in Montreal. They come from everywhere and they come because they're hurting and they want to find out right away. And that's the great thing about it. Instead of coming for a year or two or three months or that sort of thing. So I see patients who come in who are supposed to have hip and knee replacements and they have an accurate diagnosis which shows that they have no cartilage. They call it bone on bone. Now let's step it up a notch. How freaky is it that after fixing the muscles, of which there's always extensive tendinomuscular damage in the hip joint, which means all of your, there's many, many muscle groups, but even just the butt muscle, the glutes, there's uh, several different glute muscles, and then going around the other side from the inside, from the psoas, around where the the head of the femur or the leg burn uh, uh, inserts into the hip. And when we fix that, they get up off the table and they walk normally and they have no pain. It might take, you know, more than one treatment to make it where it's complete, but they have no pain. They don't use any crutches anymore or walkers. And then a year or two later, they still don't have the pain, even though it's true that they have maybe a severe arthritis that's been proved. That's cool, right? Well, it, it is very, very cool. cool. <laughs> and it makes, it makes cool. sense. It makes total sense because I know anybody anybody who's ever had a muscle cramp knows how much it bloody hurts. So you know if your muscles aren't working properly, there's a great deal of pain involved with that. Yep. And, and it would stand to reason that um, misaligned or muscles that aren't working properly could cause bone issues because when they're pulling stuff in directions that it shouldn't go, 
you know, especially with the back, you find that a lot in tense, in tense blocked up back muscles where they're kind of pulling on the spine and making it go in a direction that it, it normally wouldn't, yeah. you know, align to. So it misaligns the spine. And of course, I mean, it's perfectly logical, but it, it makes everything else, the treatment up to now seems so backwards. <laughs> well, it it sort of is. They want to know why it works before they'll look and see if it works. But then the way they prove that they can use it is to see if it works. Well, what about these things that have been working for thousands of years? People don't keep going and getting needles stuck in them that don't work, you know, for thousands of years. They just don't. And so you got thousands of years of, quote, research, you know, results anyway. They would call it anecdotal. Who cares? Well, don't forget, I've treated dozens and probably about 100 medical doctors. And um, this is the first choice of therapy for a number of them and their families. And a couple of them send patients all the time, but most of them never told a soul. I treated a kidney transplant specialist around 1990 who was supposed to have a neck surgery the next day, and he went to the head of the hospital, his good friend, told him what I did, showed him how it was, and that that other physician said, "I don't believe in that." <laughs> so, yeah, you get some of that. But oh, by the way, on my website is um, a video where they brought me out to Los Angeles, and they solicited videotapes from people who wanted to be treated by the Pain Whisperer. Apparently, there's an accent needed to say the Pain Whisperer. The Pain and Whisperer. Where where is he right. at? That's right. Where is that boy at? So uh, anyway, they uh, wanted to vet these videotapes first to make sure. That it's not that it was a trust issue, but they just had to see it for themselves. So instead of the videos coming to me, they uh, intercepted them. They went through them all and then were able to invite uh, about a dozen of those patients out. And they were in pretty bad shape. And you see before and after one treatment. And those are real patients who had, were just in, in terrible pain for, you know, in many cases, many, many years with all kinds of procedures, years of therapy, you know, multiple uh, surgeries, and they got better. And they didn't get better because I'm so great. They got better. We're all so great, right? They got better because I'm good at the therapy that I do, like we all want to be good at what we do. And the therapy works. And the reason it works is that most pain is mechanical and properly perceived and properly treated, the adhesions that cause the pain are gone and you're no longer predisposed to pain or re-injury. So when are you coming to Montreal to treat me? <laughs> when are you coming to Montreal? Get that boy down here. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, actually, I think you should hop in the car and come down and see me because I'm too lazy to go anywhere. And I have people come from Montreal fairly regularly. Usually at least once a month there's somebody coming. All right, well, if you if you end up having somebody come and let let me know and ask them if I can hitch a ride. Hitch a ride, if you would. Well, I was thinking of my friend Paul because uh, he's actually been studying with me a bit. He isn't far enough along to treat you. But uh, when he comes down, I'll, he has this uh, sports car. It's a two-seater. So if they take something else and they have room for you, then you'll definitely be in. That would be totally so cool. awesome. I would be so in because, it, like I said, it's been we've been working on this for a year. I am doing incredibly well for somebody who was told 
you're going to be taking pain pills for a really, really long time, like the rest of your life. Um, but <laughs> and now you can touch your toes and stuff. And now I can touch nice. my toes and stuff. But I still have the odd bad day, and it's a constant, you know, I have to work at it. It's not like I can work. I can wake up every morning and be pain-free. This is a part of my life. It's something that I have to work at, and there are still limitations with regards to what I can and can't do. I would love to get rid of those limitations. Well, worst-case scenario, you hop in a car with a friend, and you drive the five hours. And you need gas and money. <laughs> oh. That's been true. Currently, at the moment, I just don't have the cash to make that kind of trip. But well, then uh, we're going to have to stay in touch and see what can be done. I, I'd definitely be willing to make the trip to see um, to see what kind of. Well, yeah. and it's, it's most people go to medical school and then diagnose fibromyalgia in order to get the gas money. <laughs> yes, Rick. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My doc has a fabulous two-seater sports car. There you go. And lives in River Oaks, which I grew up in River Oaks. It's not a big deal to me, but it's a big deal to a lot of people. Mm. And uh, I knew more unhappy, pain-ridden people in River Oaks than I know out here in the suburbs where I'm on the edge of the country. <laughs> out in the county, you know, we ain't in the city limits or nothing. I'm in the boonies here, believe me. And because uh, uh, I, like I can feel the vibrational difference when I go down to malls and things like that. It's a little crazy. Mm. But... um it, you made an important point, I think, right towards the beginning when you said, you know, it's the muscles that hold the bones together, like holds your spine together, and they can pull it out of alignment. People need to remember if they can, if you had the experience in school of having a science teacher that had a spooky skeleton hanging in the corner, take a look at that thing and imagine how much you weigh and you think that spine is holding your back up. Mm. It, it can't. It just mechanically can't. It's the muscles. And so, you know, my own knowledge of physiology and stuff, a former pre-med student, I can testify that what he's saying is absolutely true. It, 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 uh, and, and that's an important point for people, I think. It just makes sense so people can get that. You know, that's not overly scientific. It's just, look, remember pictures of a skeleton. That couldn't hold you up carrying the groceries and... Luggage. Exactly. There's so much more muscle than there is bone. Yeah. And uh, and and when you get an injury somewhere, the muscles do. They try to counter the injury, and then the injury gets weird and, you know, uh, and, and, and I can imagine it can be quite a tangled web because it, you mentioned the spider web. If you tug on it, it the whole thing distorts. Well... In a person, it might be getting tugged on from 10 different directions. Yeah, and you know, the great thing is we put our hands on it and we go right there. And they go, that's what I've been saying, you know. <laughs> we go, okay, well, look, here it is. Here's the entire here's the entire injury. And and it's wonderful because it's like uh, if you're trying to get a pizza and everywhere you go, they're like, a pizza? I don't think so. We're going to need a quinoa grain only, and uh, it's going to be, blah, I don't know. It's not a good analogy, but the point is the simplest thing. It's the simplest thing. It's not the most complicated thing. So it's great that they have MRIs and CAT scans and things like that, but, you know, most people don't need them. It's not going to help, and it's good for ruling out if you had a traumatic impact to make sure there's no break that needs to be physically repaired. Good to make sure you don't have a tumor, which most people don't. 
but you know that's one of the gifts of Western medicine. We can overdo, but they're giving these tests all the time to people because they're in pain, and it doesn't help anything. And we're still left with that you're still in pain, and it's still from the same reason. So I think it's a people's medicine. It's something that any person can grasp, and it's a thing that many people could do. If but but I have to say it's a lot harder to learn to do than acupuncture. And, you know, it requires a deep commitment, like, to anything that you want to be good at. But as a patient, it just requires you to show up when it's appropriate for you and then presumably to get better. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the folks, some folks have are more talented and more gifted, more however you want to, allowing of their ability. Um, you know, we talk a lot on Everyday Connection that everybody needs to follow their own passion, what really turns them on, and... And then this the dedication you're talking about comes easy. Mm. You know, I, I was fortunate that uh, I kind of just pursued the things that I loved that I came across, and I, and I went at them full force. So that was the Kung Fu. It was a beautiful thing to become the art, to become the art itself, and, and not to become, uh, you know, the training it for that inner experience. And by the way, I think um, having started meditating when I was 16, that it also helped me because normally when you're not at rest, your brain waves are going faster in the beta, and then when you slow down and become contemplative, they tend to be in the alpha or slower. And I don't think that, because I used to use those meters on your finger where you can slow your brain waves down and measure it. I think that might have even been from Silva Mind Control. Um, but I, I determined I could see that my brain waves, I think, have been much slower since that time, even when I'm highly active. And I think that it helps because it's a very creative space and allows me to just really feel and and connect. You know. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned it, I was gonna I was gonna say that your description of your, you know, early experience where you just suddenly you could see the the muscle strands and the cells and the adhesions and uh, that it sounded very much like silver mind control and some of the workspaces that he talked about. And he talked about stuff like go in your workspace and go to the joint and sweep out the stuff. And uh, it was symbology and permission slips, but uh, it sounded much like the space that you get into that you're allowing that connection to something in the instrument or otherwise that's able to see that. I think it definitely helps a lot. And I, I wasn't a sophisticated silver mind control practitioner. I just took a one weekend seminar when I was 16. <laughs> but I, I just read the book cool. and had the tapes. <laughs> it was very cool because um, I immediately had an experience that showed me uh, that these psychic reference points exist and uh, that proved to me that that I could do a lot more than I knew I could do. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, that, I'll, t- I'll tell you what it was. There was a, another, there was a girl there who was 16, and we were hanging out the whole weekend and going swimming together and, you know, on the breaks, and just terrific. And so I sit down, and she's the facilitator, and we're doing the exercise. Count down from 10 down to 1, slowing your brain waves, which is, I believe, how he said to do it. And then she did the exercise and said, I'm thinking of a friend of mine. She's 26, and she's south of here. And I said, well, 
um, her left arm does not work, and she has all these marks all over her chest and her back. It looks like when you're looking at the, the layers of a tree. And uh, and it turned out, um, I, I, I actually, sad to mention, she, she had been assaulted at Dade Community College South Campus in Miami and had been stabbed in the chest and back 26 times. And thank God she had survived, but her left arm was paralyzed. And I, I saw all that, and I it was I had never really had an official um, sort of uh, experience like that with all those inner reference points and 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 having a vision like that um, that I could measure. And um, that that was a great moment. Um, and of course, blessings to her. And I think she's probably doing great these days. But that that was something new for me. Wow. I would think that would be a bit of a shock to the system. Sometimes that moment of silence is the awe factor, we call it. <laughs> you know, now I think of that as being relatively routine. I think that uh, whether we're having those experiences or not, most of us who are who are leading the life in depth, as, as, as almost everybody is, are having deeper and deeper experiences, and over time, too. So it might be subtle experiences, and they may not be... Uh, explosive, uh, awe-inspired, you know, where you everything stops, so you can just see that there's this incredible wave of grace that seems to support everything. Absolutely, there is. And, uh, and it does seem that there's, we talk about, you know, celebrating the shift in these few physicians that seem to be recognizing that there's more going on than meets the MD textbook. Um, I think that the the public, the people, are becoming much more acceptant of and and really seeking out options, particularly when medicine says, "Here's a bunch of pills; otherwise, we can't help you." Yeah, you know, it's, which, which is kind of my guy's been honest. He said, "There's nothing I can do to treat this except the you know double dose vitamins." He wants me taking double dose vitamins. He said, "I want those nerves soaking in vitamins." But Even those that, studies show that people who take vitamins live three years less than those who don't. Yeah, well, that's the thing I like about Dr. Wall's program is you get those vitamins and actually higher levels even. Um, but you but do you, food. food. Imagine that. Yeah, revolutionary. <laughs> Imagine that. Shocking and revolutionary. They have, says, they have a study that says, here's the fruit you need to eat. You have to eat blueberries and broccoli. It's like, uh, yeah. It's it's unbelievable um, how how far we deviated from our common sense for a short short while. But I think Rick's right. The public is not; they're not just expecting a change; they're demanding it. That chemicals are not the solution anymore, and people yeah, are medicine demanding or, or what? Well, I wish I was in a position to demand that we teach these techniques. Because that's what we need is a medical revolution where we have thousands of people doing this therapy to where it's just no big deal. And then we can at least take care of most of the pain problems, leave the specialty stuff to the Western doctors and, and some of the other stuff. But, I mean, they say 116 million people in chronic pain is what the L.A. Times said. And then there was another source that said like 50 million. I don't even know how they tell, but it's a lot. And I'm saying that most pain is mechanical, doesn't need to exist, and if we treat it properly, it goes and it stays gone, and that's the end of it. 
Now, I imagine the the TV show, which we haven't had a lot of, we haven't actually had a lot of chance to talk about, but we've got a few more minutes. I imagine the TV show is going to essentially do that, to get people interested. Exactly. And you know the thing is, um, I love to rant and carry on and, you know, I'm singing and I'm dancing. I got <laughs> ideas for every kind of movie and story and jokes. And if I were a dictator in a good way, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I hopefully that will uh, that will be a side to keep people from falling asleep. But what we'll be showing over and over and over is that 90% of these people who are in chronic pain and who've had failed surgeries are going to get better. They're going to get better quickly, and it's going to stay better. So that'll be a huge part of it is to inform that that's possible. And then hopefully another aspect of it, which is kind of great to wet it with that commercial side that they need to keep it interesting, is that we'll be following people as they as they study the technique and they learn it. Um, and then, you know, I also will go and set up a table on a sidewalk outside of a physical therapy clinic in a in a hospital and as people go limping by, you know, they'll go, Hey, by the way, there's the pine whisperer and I will hopefully help them and you know, after a while they'll call up and they'll be like, No, we don't need any more appointments and then they'll come running out to see what happened and I think it'll be a lot of fun. And it'll also show that this can be done and uh, you know, so many talented people can jump in and they can learn and do it. I think you might have a lot of takers. I don't know what it's like in the States, but I know that in Canada wait to get into physiotherapy or to get into the pain clinics is five to six months. Just to get in the door. Yep. Yeah. You, and then five to six months to get any progress with regards to your reduction in pain. So if you don't have a lot of money, there's a long waiting list. I went to physical therapy the following week after my doctor called for it, but my father was paying through the nose for it. Well, I think with the number of physical therapists that are out there, there's so many. The reason why it's hard to get in is because it goes on for a year or two or three. And while there may be some physical therapists who are getting a good result, and they might be listening tonight, in which case I, you know, I want to honor you, I will say that the science, the way I understand it, most are not getting those results. And so people are coming back over and over and over and over. And that's why it's hard to get in because the, once you fill the room with people, there's no more room. In my case, I am very busy, and I won't be able to treat all the people who need to be treated. But it's not about me. It's about people learning how to do this so that they can go out and do it. And it just so happens that I'm one of the harbingers who knows how to do this, and uh, and hopefully uh, we can get the word out. Well, and like you said, in the break in the three-minute mile or the whatever it was, you know, took forever for one guy to do it. Yeah. And then in the next year, another guy did it. And then the following year, 50 people did it. And yeah, were... um, uh, I think people that, I think people see things like your show and are like, wow, that's it. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what I want to do. Exactly. And I hope they do. Yeah. So if that's the case, if that's, you know, snaps to tonight where they're listening to the show um, and they either want treatment or they want to be somebody involved with the treatment so they can help others, how do they how do they get in touch with you and how do they go about signing up to learn this stuff? Well, you can go to thepainwhisperer.org and 
that will be a connection, and that's where you can see the video. You can see videos of a number of people who were in pain, including uh, there's an MD and some other testimonials. And then they'll also have a way that they can write, and we can send information on how to train. Right now, it's an informal training, and I think once the show is in production, that we'll go ahead and um, be able to formalize a much larger group of people and it will be more formalized, but it'll still be a lot of work that people will do uh, on their own, treating people and trying to put the principles in. And um, one of the nice things is that when they work on me, I can feel what they feel. So it's like in a driver's ed car where you have the two steering wheels and uh, and the instructor can always kind of guide or you know help. It's the same way, so I can describe what they're feeling, guide them what they need, and then they can take back that lesson and go and apply it to people and continue to uh, sensitize and continue to feel change. And, you know, initially it's like uh, if you ever seen anybody use a potter's wheel, when you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to make a pot. But as you practice, you know, you learn how, and then that's why you get those fine artists because they put in the time and effort. And as you said, this is a technique that involves putting putting your hands on people. Exactly. And it's a, so it's a uh, more than a weekend seminar. And uh but anyone anyone listening, uh we've got a number of guests in the chat room tonight and uh of course we have a large number of podcast listeners uh over at iTunes. Um Get in touch. The links are in the chat room for the folks that are here. Uh, even if you're not registered, you can click on them. And uh, we'll have them on our archive after the show tonight. But uh, but it's simple. The Pain Whisperer, spelled just like it sounds, but all run together, dot .org, O-R-G. Uh, and got information there on where the clinic is. Because where, where are you, mo- you know, that I'm Jane up has in the- to drive to? <laughs> in the Catskill Mountains. Up in the Catskills. Yeah. All right. It's, uh, it's about two hours west and a little bit north of uh, New York City. So the the. Uh... Oh, so I don't have to actually go into the city. No. 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 He's out. He's out <laughs> where there's woods and things. We're gonna drag you in and Hi. throw you in your crippled state in the subway and just let you ride around all day. Well, I'm not. I'm not in so much of a crippled state anymore. But it takes work to kidding. stay there. Um, but no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Be nice I don't to not have to take work to stay there. Along well with the energetics of New York City. Exactly. No, it's it's beautiful up here. We're uh, on the top of a of a hill. It's like right. the foothills of the Catskill Mountains, and there's a, a river below that you can't see, which feeds uh, New York City's reservoir, and. Um, you know the clouds slope by, and there's deer and turkeys, and sometimes bear, and um, it's just beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous here. And folks from New York have been going up to the Catskills for vacation for a long time, eh? Exactly. So it's you know everybody loves coming here. I tell you what, though, I I, I know we're going to be out of time soon because I I really love uh, hanging out with you guys. <laughs> We, you know, I very much enjoyed um, your visit to the show tonight, and and I certainly hope that you'll be able to come back again in the future. We are almost at a time, yes, but um, to give you the floor for a few minutes, um, is there anything you'd like to tell people? Can't cure everybody. That's a fact, but 
in my experience, about 90% of people don't have to suffer. So it's real simple. You just don't have to suffer. It's, it's possible to fix you and have you go about your business, and that's the end of the story. So some will need you know, more than one or two treatments, but for most, that's all it's going to take. And even more so, I'm hoping that over time, people will stay in touch and that some folks will have an interest in learning to do the work. And, you know, I'm expecting that uh, it'll be later this year or early next year we'll we'll go ahead and establish something on air. And it's going to really be popping and it's going gonna, it's gonna to need a lot of participation. It's not a one-man show, you know. Absolutely. I imagine that um, some of the people that that are um, healed and have had their life altered by this process would be interested in learning how to do it. Yeah, I've definitely had that, and I and I, I've had a number of therapists who who've shown interest and who we've initiated some things. But <laughs> one nice thing is in New York, in order to you know and. and there is a commercial side to working and, and, and being able to use that to sustain yourself because it requires a lot of energy to do the work. Um, in New York, you have to have special licensing for everything, so I can use my acupuncture license because it's really acupuncture, acupressure, right? And um, But I noticed that in California that you don't even have to, and the same thing in uh, in Las Vegas, and I'm sure there's other areas too, so we'll see some people who we don't have to be nurses or physical therapists or acupuncturists or chiropractors or, or, or those sort of things in order to learn that they can practice without necessarily having to go through a year or two of another sort of schooling to get a license to do it or massage school, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I would think there would be people that are, you know, in those lines that would feel like, you know, well, this is it. I got in this to help people and I help people, but it takes forever. This guy's, what's this? Uh, because, you know, from Abraham to me, has always said, you know, the body will right itself as long as you're not standing in the way somehow. Hey, and Rick, when are you going to get your 10-gallon hat and come and bless New York City and, and, and come up here and I can work on you a little bit? Well, we'll just have to, we'll just have to see. I, uh, I may have to come up there, you know, for pre-production location scouting for the film or something. Good. Hey, you, do we have time? I'll, I'll sing well, you a real short song that my dad used to sing to me. He added one syllable at the end just for me. Absolutely. Sure. That'd well, be it wonderful. Goes like, it goes like this. Every man must leave his footprints in the shifting sands of time. But I'll leave the mark of a heel. Er. <laughs> That's awesome. It's awesome. It really is. And I, I know from our conversation and from even the information on your website that, you know, it really isn't about you. It's about, look, you're in pain. You don't, That's optional. Like you said, the spiritual journey goes on, but the pain's optional. It's what? You want to suffer? Go. Uh, and um, and I'm, I'm thrilled that we're in a position to be able to help spread the word for that because uh, people need to know. Options yeah. exist. Absolutely. Like I said, I I think you guys are tremendously fun company. So uh, this is the sort of thing I love to do, just you know, batting it around with people. Yeah, and we get huh? we get uh, amazing questions sometimes from the audience. They're 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 in off factor tonight. Uh, and uh, but it, it's 
that's our main goal. Let's have fun. We're going to all sit in the sandbox, play in the virtual sandbox, you know, and yeah. just talk. And some amazing things always come out, and I appreciate your time and and the uh, incredible information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys for what you're doing, all the the effort that you're putting out there. I think it's wonderful. I, I, I'm going to be a big fan of yours for a long time to come. Oh, thanks. We we, oh, we thank love you. making new friends and and um, embracing new it. family members for sure. It's I know it. It's just so much fun. The world's full of incredible, amazing people, and we like to remind them how amazing they are. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's so much it's fun. It's a to pretty do. good job. I mean, Hello. you know. Yeah. Not bad. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to tell human beings how awesome they are. It's, mm. All right. I, yeah, I can, yeah. I they've can been being that. told what's wrong with them for long enough, and they're going <laughs> to stop that. That's so what we're doing in this film, help. this documentary that we're hoping to do, is we're not going to spend 70% of the time showing the problem and then a, a, a brief glancing blow on the answer. We're just going to go talk to some cool people that are doing cool stuff, you know? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, off I'm looking go. forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Put me on your mailing list, please. Will do. Will do. All right. So, uh, who we got coming up, Gene? What's where's the calendar? Ooh, Are you all locked coming. up? Let's see. I am locked up. Peter Kettenbale is coming on Thursday. All right. And uh, that'll be some interesting stuff. Absolutely. Um, he worked with Buckminster Fuller, and Bucky's mm-hmm. one of my faves. You did work and, with Buckminster Fuller, yes. And then Veronica Torres is going to come back uh, for a second visit on Tuesday. All right. So, uh, Sal Rochelle coming up. Uh, you know, the following month we've got Inez Martins again, of course, Michael Angelica, Skull Babylon, Brendan Culleton is his name, uh, smart young man. And we even have a guest coming from Nepal. Yeah. We try to cover some territory. So, mm. we hope you'll come join us on Thursday. Uh, and uh, and go check out the Pain Whispers website. Uh, good stuff there. But until then, stay connected. <sighs> night, everybody. Night, night. Blessings, guys. Thanks for having me. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everyday connection worried you might miss an episode don't worry subscribe find us on itunes by searching for everyday connection radio subscriptions are free just like your everyday connection So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. 
We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.